Our topic for today is this. Don't worry, mom. I remember. Don't worry, mom. I remember. And the Spirit of God was working on my heart and said we're going to do things a little different today because mothers tend to worry a lot about their children. They just do. You know, will they ever get it right? You know, when will he remember to put the dishes in the dishwasher? When will she remember to clean up after eating at the table? (laughs) When children are living on their own, moms still worry, don't they? When will she find the, 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 (laughs) when will he find the right wife? When will she marry and get me some grandchildren? Moms worry about all these things. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But the Christian mother worry about when will my child get serious about God? See, all those other worries is, you know, is going to happen. But a real mom who knows the Lord concerns herself with her children eternal existence that's important because you can give them shelter you can give them clothes food all that good stuff security but if you don't instill jesus in them you have failed as a good mother and some people oh no but my mom did did, did." i said did she tell you about jesus no my mom's an atheist then your mother was not a good mother She may have been a mother, but if she didn't bring her children up the way they're supposed to grow spiritually, that was not a good mother. And maybe because that's the way she was brought up, but nonetheless, it's the reality. I see so many people now trying to convert adults, and it's difficult. They call me for prayer and complaining, and I just give a listing here. And when the children were younger, in the formative years, they failed to tell them about Jesus. They failed to bring them to church. They failed to shine the light of Christ so that the child can see and follow. And then when the kids are up now and they're doing drugs and they're getting in a bunch of trouble and they're doing all these wrongs, you're like, oh, I need God to help me. I say, yes, I mean, you can cry out to him, but why didn't he do this? Well, and I was busy partying. I was busy being, you know, doing me. Now you want God to clean up your mess. Well, we all have a responsibility. And the first place we're going to go to is Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Let's go through because we have a lot of stuff to go through today because God wants me to set the record straight. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Direct your children... Unto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. King James Version said to train up a child. Same thing. When you're training them, you're directing them. You're saying, this is right, this is wrong. If you do this, it's going to be met with a disciplinary action. If you do the right thing, you'll be rewarded. That's what a parent should do. But it goes deeper than that. I want to take you all the way back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's go there. 
Mothers especially have a big responsibility in raising the child. Because oftentimes the husband is off working and get home, he's tired. <laughs> so we know what time it is. So Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Baal Peor. There the Lord your God destroyed everyone who had worshipped Baal or Baal. You know, people pronounce it different. The God of Peor. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord your God are still living today. Every one of you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me. So that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely. And you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of the great, this great nation. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us? Whenever we call on him. And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I am giving you today? But... Watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Moses was stressing this because he wanted the people to know, hey, if you live the decrees, if you practice the things that you're taught, you will be blessed. And if you teach them to your children, they will be blessed. And when the grandchildren hear it, they will be blessed. That's how it works. But when people get so wrapped up, so occupied with going to regular work or, you know, oh, I feel like hearing the word of God today. Let me just take a day off. Really? If the priority for God is watered down, don't expect your blessings to flow in abundance. If you're not studying your Bible on a daily basis, don't expect supernatural blessings on a daily basis. Are you praying on a daily basis? Are you having devotion, heartfelt time with God? If you're not doing these things and teaching your children, mothers, then what are you teaching them? That it's okay to put God on the back burner? I don't know about you, but I don't even like cooking on the back burner. When I'm frying my eggs or whatever I'm cooking, I'll put it on the front burner. <laughs> Keep everything on the front burner. Keep Jesus on the front burner, my friends. Let's go one more place before we get to key point. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 4. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Mothers, you got to tell your children this. And you must commit yourselves 
wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. He's saying, look, always remind your children. Do devotions in the morning. Pray with them at night. Talk to them about Jesus. That's our duty as parents. And I'm not putting that all on moms, but mothers are the more compassionate ones and the more gentle and the more patient ones. All right? The husbands, you know, will be like, hey, Go read your Bible. You read the Bible yet? Don't be playing around. Now. <laughs> Mothers will be like, oh, let me read with you. Let me, you, you having a question? I get it. Okay. Moms, you do what husbands cannot do. All right. So everyone have a special skill set, but it has to be done. If you're not doing it, the children are going to be ruined by society. Brother D that was up here earlier called me last night. All right. To, Pray for a young teenager that is trying to kill himself. Slit his wrist. And when I heard the guy's voice, all I heard was a demon screeching in the voice. And it's sad. Because if you don't get these children at a young age, they grow up and they hang out with their friends. They start doing drugs. They start eating these CBDs and all these you know, marijuana tablets and all these things that they got now figure, oh, it's candy. No, it's weed. And people think, oh, but I go to church, I still do my thing. Yeah, but you're not setting a good example. You know, the only high I want is from the Holy Spirit. He will take us higher than we can ever imagine. Don't give me no liquor to get drunk or no drugs to get high. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking a beer or some a glass of wine, but if you're drinking so much just to get drunk, that is messed up. That's not the Holy Spirit. So let's think about these things and make sure you're showing your children the right thing. If you're a smoker and your child sees you smoking all the time, guess what? The child's going to be like, well, mom do it. Dad do it. I might as well smoke too. If they see you drinking all the time, that's what they're going to do. Taking drugs, that's, I'm telling you. Parents, let's remember, teach them about the decrees of the Lord. You will save yourself a whole lot of trouble. For some people, they still have a chance to do so because they have younger children. Again, it says, Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Let me hear somebody say, that's important. If it wasn't so important, Moses wouldn't be making a big deal about it. It's really important. And that's what parents are you know, called to do, especially mothers. Key point number one, write this down. When a child is growing, it's a mother's responsibility to teach. So don't worry, even if they are grown and living on their own, because God's hand can always reach. You see, once you plant the seed, mothers, and they go away, the Holy Spirit will convict them. And remind them 
of the things that you taught them. When a child is growing, it's a mother's responsibility to teach. So don't worry. Even if, even if they are grown and living on their own, because God's hand can always reach. When I was young, my mother sent me to Sunday school, and I was in Sunday school, and you know, me and my cousin Arita was a star of the class. We remember all the verses and do the recitals and learn a lot of things. Then I got to high school, and I want to act a fool with the rest of the foolish people. But God brought back to memory the things I was taught. So even though the devil had his way a little bit, God said, I remember this. Remember what your mother taught you, your father taught you. Remember what you did. You were in Sunday school. You were in church. You were doing and the Spirit of God brought me back. That's what we have to do. We have to entrust God with our children and not worry ourselves to death. Because some mothers, they worry so much that they can't even sleep at night. They get migraine and serious pain. But what we got to do is trust him. Trust him. And do the work initially. Set a good stage for your child's growth. Let's go back to Proverbs 22. Something else that the children need to hear as well. <laughs> Proverbs 22, verse 15. My wife loved this verse. We used to read this to our son. Proverbs 22, verse 15. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. But physical discipline will drive it far away. Oh, you better believe it. Thank God for physical discipline. But it gets a little better than that. I'm going to show you another verse. Go with me to Proverbs 13, 24. This one is going to blow somebody's mind. They may be watching on television right now and they'll be like, really? I never know that. Well, now you're hearing it. Verse 24. Proverbs 13, verse 24. Look at what it says. Those who spear the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Unbelievable. So that means if you don't discipline your child, you don't love them. That is terrible. Key point number two, write this down. Mothers, when you discipline your children, you help them to remember. But you hate them if you ignore discipline and say, why bother? Don't do that. You know, you got to discipline them. Mothers, when you discipline your children, you help them to remember. But you hate them if you ignore discipline and say, uh, why bother? Not good. You see, there are some people who try to be their children's friend. Some mothers are, oh, but, you know, I never disciplined my child. And I'm looking at the child just being all over the place, and I'm like, 
That's why your child is so ridiculously crazy. Someone should have disciplined your behind. Maybe then you would have learned to, you know, extend some discipline to your child and save them from problems. You know, there is a story in Jamaica. Now, some people say it's true, but I never really met the lady. But there was a lady that never disciplined her son. And even when the father was trying to discipline the son, you know, she would get mad and argue with the father and all that stuff. And the boy got in trouble in school. She stood by him, didn't discipline him. Um, disrespectful in the house, didn't discipline him. Then he went out and shot someone, got arrested. And he was in prison. And um, he went. his mother went to visit him, still telling him it's not his fault. Right? So she walked up to him and he said, Mom, let me give you a hug. Went to give her give her son a hug, and he bit her ear off. You might have heard that story before. Because he looked back in life and realized that his mother never disciplined him. And now he has to spend the rest of life in jail because of her poor job as a mother. Don't go out like that. Discipline, physical discipline, it will hurt temporarily, but it will cause your children to remember. You know, when my mother, when I was young, sent me to get the belt. That's the worst type of spanking. When your mother say, go and get the belt. And you're like, oh man, go get the belt. Right? And you're getting spanking. You remember, okay. Okay, confession time. Don't put your finger in the open can of condensed milk and eat it. <laughs> I know, I know, that's crazy. You're a little kid, you don't know. Hey, don't do that. But the thing is, that's just, but I remember. Don't do certain things you get spanked for. Remember, it helps you to remember. You know? Here's another one I got spanked for. Don't go and play soccer when your mother tell you to go to the shop and buy something and bring home for dinner. And on top of that, lose the grocery money. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> That's deserving of a spanking. <laughs> what were you doing? Uh, playing soccer. <laughs> Don't do it. Go get the belt. It didn't kill me, but I remember. I never do it again. Some people are like, oh, oh, it's okay. Just don't do it again. You're right. You know, I was in the airport one time, and I was so upset. I wanted to spank this kid bad. God wouldn't let me do it. The mother was there, and the kid is cupping up, talking trash to the mother. Oh, you're stupid. That couldn't be no more than like six or seven. Talking trash to the mother. And she's like, oh, calm down, dear. Calm down. Calm down. The mother needs a spanking. Are you kidding me? You know that couldn't have been a black woman. <laughs> Impossible. <It was laughs> that little, exactly, that little kid would be in crutches. Not going to happen. <laughs> Something getting broken. Anyways. 
Let's look at this. The, the God we serve is also a God of discipline. And God is proactive with physical discipline as well. Really, Pastor? Yes, and I will prove it to you. Everybody knows Psalm 23, but let's go there anyways. Look at what David wrote. Start in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And then he says, even... When I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. And then he says something very important. He says, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Stop right there. This is what a shepherd's staff is used for. And I mentioned this before. If you're in church, you'll remember. A shepherd's staff has a hook on it, right? So when the sheep is getting out of place and they're, you know, walking, eating their grass and they're getting out of line, but they're following the wrong path, the shepherd goes over with the hook on his staff and, you know, pull the sheep back, just hook them on the neck and pull them back in the right direction. And the sheep like, man, okay, I'll go this way. All right. And that's cool. But if he's pulling on the sheep and the sheep decide no, I like this grass. This grass is gourmet grass. I want this one, (laughs) right? And he's not turning. Then the shepherd just take the staff, turn it around from where the, the, the hook is, and then turn it around where it becomes a rod. And he whacks the sheep on the backside. Boom. Get in line. And the sheep like, oh, man, you mean business. (laughs) And the sheep get in line right away. And that's what God will do to us. Sometimes we don't want to read our Bible. We don't want to pray. We don't want to do devotions. Don't want to study his word. And something has to happen to us. And we say, oh man, you know, why is this calamity upon me right now? Oh, you know what? I've been slacking off on my relationship with God. I've not been doing what I'm supposed to do. Because remember, those who God loves, he disciplines, he chastens, he goes after them and says, hey, get in line. Mothers, we have a very serious responsibility to discipline the children, to keep them in line. Sometimes talking ain't going to cut it. Now, I know you're not going to hit a grown teen or adult. You're not going to do that. But a smaller child, don't spear that rod. That's the time to use the rod. Because when they get too old, they may want to hit you back. And it's going to be on. Can you imagine... Your child hits you back. I've heard parents tell me, oh, pastor, I hit him and he hit me back. I say, are you kidding me? He's only 10 years old. Knock his butt out. And I'm not saying you have to tell them like, like I heard one guy say, look, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. (laughs) I mean, you may have to get that bad, right? (laughs) But. You don't let a child think they're running things. One of the reasons why there's so much crime and violence in Jamaica is because a lot of single mothers are raising boys that don't have fathers around, and the mothers didn't strongly discipline. Because if there's a single mother, you have to be cracking the whip twice as much 
So your son, especially if you have a son, will realize you ain't playing no games. And your daughter will realize you're mean in business. You're serious. Because what happened is, in Jamaica, a lot of the mothers not cracking the whip, not showing the discipline they need. And when the boys grow up, they don't have no one to fear. They're like, what are you going to do, beat me? I can beat you. So when they're sell- telling the boy, oh, don't leave the house after school. They're like, yeah, right. He's still gone with his friends. They're doing things. They're robbing people. They're shooting people. They're doing all these things. And it's terrible. Now, when there's a father in the house and a mother say, look, I'm going to tell your dad when he come home what you did. The kid is like, oh, snap, I'm going to be in trouble. Because the father come home, especially he's already tired. What are we going to do? Where is he? Bring your butt here right now. What did you And it's like, <laughs> it's a difference. <laughs> but that's good parenting. There have to be a certain level of respectful fear in the household. Or else these kids will act as if they're running things. And they ain't running deadly squat until they're paying the mortgage and all the bills in the house. And they still ain't running nothing. Still get beat down. (laughs) But this is important. Mothers, when you do your job initially, you set the stage for your children having a victorious life. So I want to encourage you to do the work and then not worry because you already instilled Jesus in them. Then everything else will fall into place. I know you're going to have some rebellious children, but even when they're younger growing up, the information that you gave them will stay in them. They may act as if they don't want to hear about your, your praying, they don't want to hear about your God, they don't want to hear about all the things you're doing and all that now. But just keep on praying because you already planted the good seed. And one thing with the seed, the spiritual seed that you plant, it never goes away. It's always there. Keep planting. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. There's a lot of good stuff to go through. We can't go through everything, but go to Proverbs 6 real quick. All right, um, let's start in verse 20. It says, My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. And all the children, listen to this now. Proverbs is written by Solomon and he's telling you, he's the second wisest man to walk the face of the earth. And he's telling you to keep what your mother said, all right, in your heart. Always follow her instructions. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Most of the guys who run around having adulterous relationship with other people's wives don't know this word. 
because their mother or father didn't share it with them. And I didn't say everybody, I said most people. Some people know it and they're just hard-headed. But a lot of people don't know. You'd be surprised how many people grew up in homes where the Bible was never read. I went to someone's house one time and I was looking around. I said, do you guys have a Bible? And they said, yeah, we have a Bible. I said, can I see it? <laughs> it's bad. But listen, the Bible was up on a shelf like a, like a figurine, but I up. Nobody reads it. It's up there collecting dust. So they have the Bible, but no one is reading it. And I'm like, what sense does that make? If you're going to have the Bible and not read it, it's the same as not having a Bible. You've got to be in the Word. And it's not difficult. Even that Jesus team ministers here, we give you a Bible reading schedule every week. It's not that difficult. You just have to make it a priority. Mothers, the pleasure you will get when you read the Word of God with your children. Second to none. Second to none. Not to mention, you are depositing in them spiritual things. Your children, your grandchildren, oh, listen, you want to do that. And if they're away from you, call them on the phone like some people do and read the scriptures to them over the phone. Say, we're going to have a short Bible reading time. You ready? We're in Psalm today, we're in Genesis today, we're in Exodus, wherever. And read. I'm just encouraging you because they will remember these special times. And as they grow, the Holy Spirit will convict them to not stray, but to come back to what they were taught. Okay? So mothers should lead by example. Now here are some good ones, some good examples. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're doing good. We're almost there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First person there gets a slice of cake. Somebody's like, let me hurry up. Don't tear the Bible page. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 16. I'm giving you some good examples that mothers should follow. Anybody need time? If you need time, hurry up. Somebody is wondering, where is Thessalonians again? Well, it's in the New Testament. <laughs> okay. First Thessalonians 5.16. Here's a good one. Always be joyful. Let me see all the mothers smile real quick. Listen, do you know it's easier on the face and on the muscles, the jaw muscles, when you're smiling, it takes more muscle to look mad, to frown. And your face starts hurting, and you're hurting other people's eyes. People look ugly when they're mad. I ain't lying. When you're smiling, you have a pleasant look. You know, that's different. People want to see you. I've seen some ugly people, and it's not because they're really ugly, it's because they just look mad. And they ugly themselves up. 
<laughs> no, always be joyful. Joyful is the way to be. And he goes on to say, this is good examples for you to teach your children. Never stop praying. Prayer without ceasing, never stop praying. And here's another one. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Mothers, stop complaining all the time. Oh, we ain't got this. We ain't got that. Mom, can we make some dumpling for dinner? I ain't got no baking soda. Dumpling's going to be too hard if I fry it. Really? Stop complaining about everything. Put a little love in it. Put some butter in it. You know, some people, they don't even have meat in their household. They're too poor to have meat, so they fry a dumpling and put some butter on it. And that's dinner. My brother-in-law told me that his cousins came over the house. And his cousins said, you got anything in the fridge to eat? I'm hungry. We ain't got nothing at our house. And he's like, well, we ain't got nothing here, man. And the guy said, let me look in the fridge. And you'll open the fridge and look. He said, what? You got lots of stuff here. You got bread. You got milk. We can make some bread cereal. <laughs> bread cereal. But... Poor people come up with creative ways to find something to eat. We're spoiled because we got a whole bunch of stuff. Sometimes I'm making breakfast to my son, you know, waffles and eggs. He asks, we're going to have some bacon with it? Because <laughs> I normally get turkey bacon. I'm like, no, we ain't got no turkey bacon today. We're going to have to eat the eggs. And if you don't put the cheddar cheese on it, you don't want it. Luxury in America. Yes. Telling you, be thankful in all circumstances though. If you have a little or if you have a lot. Don't ever let your child just be so, you know, ungrateful just because they're used to riches and having stuff. Teach them that appreciate this meal. Appreciate this clothes you're wearing. Appreciate the house you're living. Appreciate the car you're driving. Because most people don't have it like that. Give God thanks. It didn't come from me per se. Tell them mothers. Tell them it come from God. So they grow hearing that. Some of these people, they spoil their children with whatever they want. I feel bad for this lady. Millions of dollars she's got. And her son, the real devil that she raised, he said to her in front of my presence, oh, why don't you just hurry up and die so I can get your money? And she's embarrassed. Oh, he's so silly. And I'm thinking, no, you're silly. He mean that thing. Because you raised him wrong. He didn't give him any real value. Didn't let him know that there's a love for mother, love for father, love for people. Not just stuff. Mothers got a big job. Teach your children to first love God even more than your children love you. You got to teach them that. And I tell my son all the time, I say, look, if you don't love God more than you love me and love, my, love your mom and love your, your PlayStation and all that's important to you, if you don't love God more, you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I purposely sing songs with him so that he can even say out of his mouth, I love you, Lord. Because I want him to get that in his mind. I'm doing my job as a parent to raise him. When he's older 
I'm not going to worry about him because the Holy Spirit that's in me will be in him, convicting him to say, hey, you know better. Come back. Parents, we got our job to do. Mothers, it's a task. But you can do it. One more place to give you some more good things to teach your children. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. I love this verse. Philippians 4. And we're going to start in verse 4. This is powerful stuff. Philippians 4. Verse 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say. Okay, I'm not going to steal that. <laughs> Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Mothers, this is what you need to be doing so your children can see that you're considerate. Don't worry about anything. Because I know you love to worry, but don't worry. Mm-mm, God got this. You do your part and leave the rest to God, okay? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because when you do that, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing he says to do. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. The Apostle Paul is a good spiritual father because he's saying, I will show you. Lead by example. And that's what mothers are called to do. Lead by example. So when a child remembers how you dealt with the situation, they will do the same. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Your key point number three, mothers, why worry when you can pray and show your children the way to life eternally? Don't get it twisted. That's the most important thing you can show them, the way to Jesus. Mothers, why worry when you can pray and show your children the way to life eternally? Hallelujah, Jesus. If I leave my son millions of dollars and I didn't leave him with a recipe to have a right relationship with Jesus, I would have failed as a father. If you leave your children everything they want, mothers, and you didn't show them how to get close to Jesus, You failed. You got an F in life. Failed. And some people are like, oh, but I can't believe it's too late for me. Well, if you didn't do it with your children, maybe you can do it to your grandchildren. Or your nieces and nephews. Start now. Tell them about Jesus. And most of these babies making babies don't know any better. And I feel bad for this 10-year-old girl that got pregnant. It's terrible what's going on these days. 
when I met, uh, when I didn't meet her personally, me and my wife, we heard about her when we were doing our foster, chair, foster care um, program. Young girl, 25 years old, got 10 children. True story, 25. She probably started like 10 or 11. And then they said to her, you're very fruitful, you need to tie your tubes. Her response was, no, I might, you know, meet somebody and you might want a kid. My thought is, let him pick one of the ten. And they're all in the foster care program, I might add. But that's what happened when there is no supervision. I was doing a, a conference when I was doing my gospel music many years ago. And you may have heard of a rapper named Trick Daddy. And uh, we're down in Miami at a, high, at a middle school. And, you know, I was talking and then he was talking as well. We're talking to different groups uh, the, in the cafeteria, talking to the children about safe sex and all that in middle school. Right? And I was telling them, I said, look here, you know, it's bad out there. You know, you're not supposed to be doing that. But if you're going to be crazy enough to be exploring, at least protect yourself. So, you know, I did my piece and everything, and they're like, respect that. And, okay, I like that here, W. But then Trick Daddy went up there, and this is how he started this conversation. And I, I wanted to give him a hug. I was like, poor guy. He went over and said, look here. My mama have 11 children. <laughs> That's how he talked. 11 children by 10 different men. I was like, my goodness. Don't be putting your mother out there like that. But. That's how some people are raised. They see, you know, and they, and they wonder why their daughters are doing the same thing. Mothers got this guy coming today. Next week, another guy coming. Sometimes not even next week. Sometimes the next day. Sometimes the same day, she got two men stopping by. And that's what some girls are growing up seeing their mothers do. Guess what they're going to do? Follow the same pathway. Not good. That's not teaching your children the right way. Then the mother is putting on lipstick on their daughters and say, you're going to have to help make me some money. Bill's got to pay. I know you're 12, but you got to go to work. What kind of mess is that? That is the absence of the Holy Spirit. Because there's no way the Holy Spirit could be in that situation. So my heart bleeds for the society and how people are ignoring God, getting all jacked up and wondering why their life is so jacked up. That's because you ignore a right relationship with God. Let's change that. And let us encourage the young mothers and the people that are not doing the things you're supposed to do. Let them see, hey, there's a better way. His name is Jesus. Oh, but I'm not the church type. I mean the church. What is the church type anyways? What is the church type? Only thing we need to be in the church is a willing heart to say, I'm going to church to hear a word. I don't care if you're the biggest sinner. Right? I don't care if you're a murderer. You're in the club every week. You're a party animal. You're sleeping with everybody. I don't care. Come to church. We welcome you. Because there's none of us in here without sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. That's what his word says and I believe him. 
as much as I try hard every day not to sin, I think of something like, that was a sin. <laughs> we are prone to sin. But glory be to God because of his righteousness. We don't go looking for sin. No. We seek God and live for his righteousness. And that's how we got to be. So don't be judging people and be like, oh man, that person going straight to hell. Look at what they're doing. No. Invite them to church. Encourage them. Say, you know what? You can do better. God got a purpose and a plan for you. Be the mother you're called to be. I know you messed up. I know you did this and this. But guess what? God forgive you. And he will work with you to let you go forth with power. So you don't have to worry about your children in the future. He's got them. See, children practice what they learn growing up. So, moms, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will definitely bring them you know, back home. See, all the, the good things you have done, you know, God sees your heart, the sacrifices you made. I know about all mothers, because I know not all mothers do it, but I know my mother sacrificed for me. And I know my wife sacrificed for our son. I know of my aunts sacrificing for their children. And, and some of the mothers that I know personally here in this ministry sacrificed for their children. Listen, that's being a good mother. Sacrifice. Back in Jamaica, before you know coming here, my mother would give me her bus fare that she needed to go to work so that I can take the bus and go to school and she walk. Sacrifice. People don't know. We didn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth saying, I have arrived. Can I get my cup of tea? No. <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. But I thank God for that. Because I know both sides of the coin. I know what it's like to have little and a lot. And that sets the stage for success. Because I know I'm not going back to that. <laughs> you see that? Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's continue. Now, the moms, I don't want you to worry about nothing. Just trust God and accept your honor. So let me touch on some honoring of the moms real quick. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're almost done. 1 Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if you can't find 1 Peter, it's just before 2 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to verse 7. Hallelujah, Jesus. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is, watch this now, your equal partner 
in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. <gasps> oh my goodness. When some guys hear me do this in um, premarital counseling, they're thinking, man, do I really want to get married? So if my wife gets on my nerves and I don't forgive her right away and I walk away, God won't answer my prayers. No, he won't. I have to honor my wife. When I think honor, I think if you get a phone call that the Queen of England is coming to your house, you're going to make sure the house is clean. You're going to make sure you got some oxtail cooking. Right? <laughs> or snapper fish. Whatever you're thinking is, you're going to have some good stuff for the queen. What do you want, queen? You want ginger ale or fruit punch? What do you want? Or do you want some champagne with caviar? Maybe you want some filet mignon. I don't know. But you're going to have to get some things ready because the queen is coming and you honor the queen. Well, here's the thing. Our wives, guys, the mothers of our children, is our queen. Honor them. We have a responsibility as husbands. And when I started honoring my wife more and more, God started answering my prayers more and more. So the word of God is true. And some of the guys watching right now on TV, they're like, well, I guess I should stop cheating on my wife. Yes, you should. You need to come correct to your wife and beg her for forgiveness. And maybe, just maybe, if she say, I'll stay with you, things will turn around for you. Because sometimes that's a hard one. Jesus even say, if there is martial unfaithfulness, you do not obligate to stay with someone. But honor your wives, the mother of your children. Even if she's not a mother yet, she's mothering your behind. Washing your clothes. Cleaning the house. Cooking your food. You don't even want to scrape the plate off when you're done eating. Just get up from the table and leave like you got a maid. She's not a maid. She's your wife. And a lot of men need to know how to honor their wives. Give her a compliment every day. Need to let her know every day that she's beautiful. Tell her. Don't just assume. And tell her you love her every day. Unless you don't. Every day I have to tell my wife, not because she tells me, oh, you better tell me that you love me. You better tell me I'm beautiful. No, because it's in me and I want to share that with her. I look her in her face and say, I love you, babes. Listen, that's my gift from God. My good thing. And there are some demons out there. The married man, you know what I'm talking about. They're going to come and say, hey, hey, good looking. I like your bald head. So do my wife. So what of it? Oh, you're married? Yeah, I'm married. Oh, but I don't mind that. Excuse you, demon. I mind that. You can't be flirting around with disaster. You got to let them know right away. Because all bald headed guys are good looking. That comes natural. Right? <laughs> Brad David, they need to ask somebody. <laughs> right? And the devil is going to be sending demons our way. But we got our queen, our empress, the mothers of our children at home. We're going to honor them. 
That's what Christian men do. And even if you're not saved and you're thinking about it, you're still supposed to honor your wife. Oh, goodness. Let me move on from that because I can spend all day in this area topic. <laughs> this is a whole nother topic by itself. Oh, my goodness. A lot of guys talking about, oh, Pastor Trevor, take it easy with me, man. You know, there's just so many women out there and I feel I need to spread the love. I say, you're a demon. Oh, but, 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 but I'm a pastor. No, you're a disaster. I'm talking about pastors telling me this conversation. And that's why I don't roll with so many clicks around because they're just being led around by the wrong thing. Need Jesus. Goodness. Honor your parents. Honor your mothers. Exodus chapter 20. Let's go through this real quick. Our time is running. You are messing around. Exodus 20. Verse 12. It says this. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So when you honor your parents, especially with our mothers, they honor your mother, then you, you can expect to live long. But if you don't, you can expect a quick death. And I'm saying this to the children growing up because some of the children think they're grown and they don't want to honor the mother no more. You can expect a quick debt if you don't. That's what the word of God says. And the word of God is true. Honor your mother. If she says do something, just do it. And stop mumbling. Making up your ugly face. She's telling me to do this again. Why do I have to sweep up? Why do I have to pick this up? Just do it before you have a heart attack and die. Goodness. Oh my gosh. Honor your mother and father. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. And I'll give you a final key point after that. Mark chapter 7. After all that she do for you. You going to give her a lip service? You need me to lend her my belt for your behind. Mark 7 verse 9. So what Jesus have to say about this real quick. Jesus is rebuking these guys that, and, and uh, we talked about things for the younger kids and all that, but even for the older kids, look at this now. The adults who have mothers and fathers and feel as if, you know, they can't be bothered. Jesus says this in Mark 7 and 9. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully, a father or mother must be put to death. That's a Levitical law, okay? But you say, it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. So parents, grown um, children, 
if you got your parents in need and they're asking you for assistance, they're like, oh, sorry, I can't help you. That's not godly. That's not godly. Now, I know that there's a difference between want and need. So let me clarify that. Because some parents weigh heavily on their children. And they ask them for everything that they want. Not necessarily what they need. Now, let's say your parents ask you for some money to buy some food. And you give them $50 to go buy some food. And they complain and say, no, I want $200 because I want to stock out the fridge for the whole month or whatever. So that's a little different, right? They got to have some form of balance and, you know, consideration, especially if someone is, have a regular job working and stuff. Don't weigh heavily on them like that, you know? Because some parents just like lean heavily on their children for everything. It's not even want, not even need no more. It's a want. The child buy them a car. Oh, but I didn't want that car. I wanted a brand new um, 2023. We ain't even in 2023 yet. Yeah, I know, but I want it. Some parents are like that because they know their children have some things, right? You know, thank God we have, you know, parents here that don't stress out their children like that. But, you know, be mindful, all right? Because I know in some circumstances, parents stressing the children and children just losing it. Don't even want to take their call no more. And I say, it's not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be glad when you see your mother calling you. Hey, my mother is calling me. Not, oh, no, I can't talk to her right now. She's going to be begging something. That's not good. It's not good. That's not honoring. You know, if you have that circumstance, you may be watching online or listening on the radio. If you're in that circumstance, speak to your parents and say, we got to talk. This is bothering me. Can we do something a little different? When you do that, then you're showing that you love and respect them enough to bring that to the forefront. Amen? Amen. Your key point number four, your final key point. Be it fathers, husbands, or children. Always remember to honor the mothers if you want to live longer. Be it fathers, husbands, or children. Always remember to honor the mothers if you want to live longer. Longer. Because if you're dishonoring your mother, your time on earth is going to be really short. Telling you right now, I've seen it happen with my friend Tony that was disrespecting his mother in my presence and I have to rebuke him. And he died young at like 32. One stray bullet. Because I had to physically grab him one time and say, oh, dear, you talk to your mother like that in my presence. I never forget that. And then the word of God come back as memory and say, when you dishonor your parents, then your life will cut short. You guys think I'm playing. Don't try God that way. All right. Proverbs 31, the last place we're going to turn to. Proverbs 31, when you finish writing that key point. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Mothers, you just plant the seed, do your job, and don't worry about nothing else. God will take care of it. But you got to do your job first. And here are some of the things that a virtuous mother does. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. And I love that part that says her husband can trust her, because some wife that I've seen, as soon as the husband go to work, here comes the mailman. <laughs> or the neighbor across the street. <laughs> I'm telling you, terrible. You know, that's not a virtuous woman. He says this. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect the field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamps burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisting fiber. You know, I remember one time my wife was doing um, the crochet with the little needles and stuff, the long needles. And we used to bring it on the plane and she was doing it. But after the 9-11, they're like, uh-uh, you can't bring them long things on the plane no more. <laughs> you may stop the pilot. <laughs> but that was crazy. You know, I'm like, what are you going to do with that? But anyways, I remember that, knitting things. I don't know if it's called crocheting or knitting. Is it knitting? Knitting. Knitting, okay. I don't know all those fancy words. Anyway, it says this. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. That means she's benevolent. You got to help the poor. You know, there's some people that literally needs help. Do what you can, but pray about it first. And God will show you who to, you know, physically, spiritually, um, financially, and all that help. Emotionally help. There's some people you just got to listen to them because they're jacked up in the head. And they're thinking of doing crazy things. You're going to have some younger mothers and wives that are thinking of cheating on their husband. Oh, he never pays no attention to me. And this guy at work is telling me how pretty I am. He notices my hair. My husband don't notice my hair. And you have to say, girl... Wake up! That's the devil! So, mothers, you know, be diligent in sharing with these, these ladies, you know, the right way to be. Especially you who are spiritual, you understand spiritual things, and you know that Satan, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he walks around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. First Peter 5 and 8. That's what Satan does. And if you don't have the whole armor of God on, you will be devoured. And so many people we know don't have the whole armor of God on. So we got to help them. It says this. She has no fear. 21. She has no fear of winter for her household. For everyone has warm clothes. And mothers, even if you have to go to a store and buy clothes from, you're still doing good. They don't have to make clothes for everybody. She makes her own bedspreads. This is Superwoman back in the day. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. 
Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity. Let me hear the mother say, that's me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Strength and dignity. I love it. And she laughs without fear of the future because she got Jesus and she knows her future is great. When she speaks, her words are wise. Why do I say that? Because um, wisdom comes from God. And a virtuous woman could not speak wise words unless the Spirit of God reveals them, reveals them to her. And she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. I'm glad I have a virtuous wife. I'm telling you. Because... That's what a wife's supposed to do. Make sure everything in the household is good. I'm telling you, it's important. I feel bad for my uncle. <laughs> All right, let me stop. I'm not going to go there. But some things he shared back in the day, and I got tons of uncles, so you don't know which one. <laughs> right? But to have a wife that's lazy, nasty, don't even want to clean up, it's a painful thing. It's a painful thing. So, choose wisely, guys. You know? And I'm not saying the wife ain't supposed to have nice fingernails and all that stuff. But if the fingernails, if the fingernails are more of a priority than keeping the house clean, something wrong with that. Right? I wouldn't eat no boiled dumpling from her. <laughs> it would be good making them dumplings so long. <laughs> a whole bunch of dirt going to be dirtlings <laughs> oh gosh y'all behave yourself alright it goes on to say 28 her children stand and bless her her husband praises her there are many virtuous and capable women in the world but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Let me tell you something. And that's why I have no problem rewarding my mother and my wife. Because... They are doing what they're supposed to be doing as mothers. I was raised by a good mother, and I see my wife raising my son the right way, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. I did good in life. So I reward that. I praise that. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it. You know, because, you know, they did good. They're supposed to be praised. And husband, let your wife know that you appreciate her. Let her know that she's doing a good job. And if you're a single mother and you don't have a husband and you're raising your children, listen straight from the Holy Spirit. God, appreciate your work, your sacrifice, all that you do in raising your children. Give yourselves a round of applause. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for celebrating and honoring our mothers today. We thank you 
for the encouragement, for the reminder. We thank you for you having your way with this church service today. Let us pray right now for every heart, everywhere, whether they're here in the sanctuary or watching us, that need to repent of their sins, that need a fresh start, that need a revival from you. I just pray that you touch every heart and let them know that today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow really isn't guaranteed to anyone. And if that's you, my friend, and you want to get a fresh start from our God, won't you repeat after me? Say, Lord God, I confess that I'm a sinner. But today, Lord, I repent of all my sins and I turn to you. Wash me clean and make me new. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me and for being raised on the third day. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and stay with me. From this day forward, I am yours. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. I know we're a little bit past the time, but real quick, we got to do our empowerment. If you want to be anointed, just stand to your feet.